Welcome to another episode of Money Making Markets. Wow, I can't believe it's actually the fourth week, the fourth episode. Thank you guys for all the support that I've been receiving lately. It really means a lot. Again, there are lots of news stories and developments from this past week. Very interesting news stories and developments that we're about to get into this week. And I can't wait to share all this new information with you guys. Stay tuned, too, because we have tons of great content on the way. Interviews are about to get started and launched very soon. Stay tuned. I got you guys. Just give me some patience. But as always, it's time for Money Making Markets. Let's get it going. So the stock market. So this week in the stock market, companies were releasing their quarterly earning reports and their annual earning reports. So these are key indicators for companies to evaluate their performance and how they've been operating as a corporation over the past year or over the past quarter. At the end of the day, it's all about the bottom line. It's all about the margins, the profits that are being made compared to the costs, the revenue. So these quarterly and annual earning reports are what are some key indicators towards examining how these companies are performing. Now, with the job market still being relatively strong, there was a new job market report that came out towards the end of January. And this report showed that the job market is still relatively strong. Now, as I've said in prior videos, good economic data and good economic news is bad news for the stock market. If the Fed, the central bank, continues to see that the economy is still strong, jobs are still being offered to Americans, which will in turn put more money in their pockets and have them spending more, purchasing more goods, purchasing more services, the Fed will raise interest rates. And that is a terrible, terrible opposition for stock market analysts and traders because they fear that if there's too good of economic data, the Fed will be more likely to continue raising interest rates. However, overall, to begin the year, the, the new year in January, stock the stock market has been very bullish the three main indexes, the NASDAQ, S&P 500, and the Dow Jones 30, they've seen gains. They've been bullish with the expectation that the Fed will continue to decrease the rate at which they increase rates, interest rates, as well as the fact that consumers are still spending a good amount of money in the market. So, the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ notch gains for this week, gaining 1.6% and 3.3% respectively. So these two indexes were still able to see gains despite the January jobs report that brought down the Dow Jones 30. 
For much of the week, expectations of slower interest rate increases fueled a broad stock market rally that especially benefited benefited some riskier areas of the markets. On Wednesday, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell reiterated that the central bank won't be cutting interest rates. However, many investors clung to his comments on disinflation in which he said inflation is coming down because supply chain issues have been fixed. So overall, the Fed has brought down their interest rates, which the rate at which they, int- they increase interest rates, which is good for the stock market. However, Chairman Jerome Powell still has indicated that the war on inflation is, is not over yet. And it's still to be determined if they will raise interest rates to maybe half a point from a quarter of a point and how long they will keep interest rates high. The key indicator or the key rate for the Fed is to bring down inflation to 2%. So we'll see if they're able to achieve this and how long it takes to bring down inflation to 2% and hopefully keep the stock market bullish and alive. Like I said previously, the Fed this, this past week on their Wednesday quarterly weekly meeting, they decided to raise interest rate from a quarter a point to half a point. The Fed left unchanged language that anticipates ongoing increases in rates in order for policy to be restricted enough to gain inflation down to its 2% target. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell reiterated his message that they have more work to do. So the Fed is continually to, continuously to and actively monitoring the interest rate situation and the inflation rate situation actively to make sure that they move appropriately and that they stray away from forcing the economy and the U.S. into a recession because with every time they increase interest rates, it's becoming tougher and tougher on the average American consumer. But the cost of borrowing is increasing, whether it's for credit cards or mortgage loans or whatever it may be, or for automat- for car loans as well. So it's very crucial that the Fed carefully monitors the situation and they carefully act in how they decide to raise the interest rates. So it's very important that the Fed keeps it going. Many investors are skeptical that the Fed will keep interest rates higher for the longer, despite the central bank's outlook that is unlikely to cut rates at all for the year. They think last year's rates increases will sharply slow the economy and lead the Fed to cut rates at joblessness climbs. So home prices have fall for the fifth straight month. Again, with increases in interest rates, it's becoming harder and harder for the average American consumer to commit to buying a home right now. Most American cons- most American consumers are not buying homes straight out with cash. When buying homes, they need to apply for a mortgage, either from a bank or or mortgage loaner. And these banks are increasing the rate and the costs to take out a loan, again, with the Fed raising interest rates. So in in reaction to this, many consumers and Americans are deciding to hold off on buying new homes. Existing home sales dropped 17.8% in 2022 the lowest level since 2014. The median existing home price 
rose 2.3% in December from a year earlier to $366,900. So with the home market looking slow, many home sellers are having to bring down the cost of their home, as well as since many homeowners acknowledging the fact that it is a tougher market, the weakest market in San Francisco, for example, the prices only fell 1.6% to an annual basis. San Francisco is already very expensive as it is. In contrary, Miami had the fastest annual home price growth in the country at 18.4%, followed by Tampa at 16.9%. I guess everybody wants to move to Florida now, especially in Miami. What y'all doing in Miami? <laughs> what is there in Miami that is so popular to the, to the rate where annual home price growth is increasing to 18.4%? Like It's just becoming so concentrated in Miami, I guess, to the point where everyone wants to move down there and they're just raising prices at that rate. But... If that's the fact, I'm going to have to get me some land. I'm going to have to get me some property because I can't miss it on that action. Y'all really moving down to Miami like that? That's crazy. But that is some of the key information regarding the house market and the some of the troubles it is experiencing as of right now with prices falling for the fifth straight month. So ExxonMobil and some energy news, they recorded an annual profit of $55.7 billion. So as we all know, last year there was a very reported war. It was when Russia invaded Ukraine and that, that served as a constraint on oil and gas. In return, we saw record high prices in gas reaching $5 per gallon, $6 per gallon, even maybe $7 per gallon in California, I believe. So with the war that happened and is currently still happening, energy companies and oil companies were able to reap the benefits and the gains and the record gains such as Exxon. In the fourth quarter, Exxon made about $12.8 billion in profit, up from $8.9 billion in the same period before. The company's fourth quarter earnings per share came in slightly below Wall Street's expectations at $3.09 a share compared with a anticipated $3.28 per share. U.S. gasoline prices climbed up to a record national average of about $5 a gallon as Markets also contended with the loss of several oil refineries as the pandemic began in 2020. So, again, in the early parts of the pandemic, no one was going anywhere. We were all inside. We were all stuck. No one was really buying gas like that. So these oil companies and energy companies, they suffered massive losses. But again, with the war that happened or is currently still happening between Russia and Ukraine, that was able to vault all their losses wipe out all their losses and they're now really reaping the benefits of a strong market within the energy sector the energy sector even though the stock market was on a broad loss last year they were one of the sectors that were able to survive the stock market and really just get their own gains last year so it was a strong year for energy strong year for these oil companies as well Apple sales shrink as the pandemic rally ends for iPhone makers. So, again, a lot of tech companies with the economic market being a lot tighter, 
the average consumer is just not spending as much money on upgrading their tech. They don't have the funds to just splurge on upgrading their tech. And it's not like iPhones are cheap. It's not like iPads are cheap. None of that is cheap. So with broad economic conditionings becoming tougher, Apple suffered their most disappointing quarter last year when they reported their Q4 earnings and ended a three-year streak of sales and profit records. So Apple was seeing growth every quarter for like the past three years. However, with economic conditions becoming tougher and tougher, people just don't have the money to splurge and upgrade to a new iPhone. Like, how many times do you really need to upgrade an iPhone? I have an iPhone 12. I believe the iPhone 14 is out right now. Can you really tell the difference? No. My iPhone 12 is still great. They're going to say that, oh, well, camera quality improve or the tech improve or whatever software they were able to improve in, in their new devices. But for the average consumer, you're not going to splurge money on a new Apple device, especially if you're having trouble paying bills, trouble paying your rent, your mortgage. They're just it's a priority. You have to prioritize everything. And these tech companies are just suffering because they're not seeing as much demand this year as they or last year as they anticipated. So Apple shares in Apple, Amazon, and Alphabet gave back some or all of their gains following trading on Friday, as well as when they produced their quarterly reports. Apple chief executive Tim Cook said in an interview that the wind was in our face for the fourth quarter, just saying and reiterating the fact that it was a tough quarter for Apple. Obviously, they're still one of the most successful companies. They operate very tightly and track closely their margins. They're a well-run company. It's just that the broad economic conditions right now are tough, not only for them, but for other tech giants as well. Not only Apple, like I said, is suffering. Amazon is warning of a period of slower growth as well. Even though their Q4 or quarterly, quarterly earning reports produced largely, they had sales of $149.2 billion or 9% growth from the year ago in terms of their annual earnings, which beat Wall Street expectations. However, like Apple, not like Apple, excuse me, like other tech companies, during the pandemic, Amazon was one of the tech companies that were able to reap just the benefits. Everyone was ordering stuff off Amazon. We were all trapped inside. Some of it we didn't even know. We didn't know any better. We were just splurging just for the purpose of splurging. So tech companies decided to expand. They decided to expand their workforce and just to keep up with some of their demands from consumers. However, the economic condition of the pandemic was clearly not going to be sustainable. Obviously, people were going to, we we're all going to come out and we we're going to start spending our money on different, on different, in different sectors and on different stuff. So these tech companies grew at an exceedingly crazy rate. And once demand has slowly started to decrease over the past couple of years coming out of the pandemic, the demand, the same demand is just not there as anymore. So that's why you've been seeing increased layoffs from these tech companies because they really have to key in on their margins. They had high costs, but the pro but the revenue that they're bringing in 
didn't match the cost that they were putting out for their products and services. So companies just in general, like Amazon, are just starting to key in on their margins, starting to key in on their costs so that they can operate to the most efficient level as possible. So that's why you've been seeing layoffs on reports of slower growth from corporate executives that they're going to begin to really key in on the margins. In more tech news, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, they set records with their spending on Washington lobbying. So with the growth that these tech companies have been seeing over the past couple of years, just their growth in general, politicians and some people in the public, they've become worried that these companies are growing, either growing too fast or accumulating too much power. And some politicians in Washington, they believe that these tech companies have too much power. They're very close to operating as a monopoly and violating antitrust policies. And they also believe that they have too much data. So there are data concerns. And we've seen some data leaks in some companies as well. So in order to prevent new legislation coming out that will harmfully affect how these companies operate, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, and other companies as well, they all do it. They spend on lobbying to incentivize politicians from passing new legislation that will not allow them to operate in the manner that they currently operate. So for example, think about how much these companies are spending to influence the the sway, the the vote and how these politicians think. Apple spent 9.36 million on lobbying last year. Amazon spent 19.32 billion in 2021, but they decided to spend 21.38 million in 2022. Microsoft paid out 10.53 million in lobbying these politicians to keep policies and regulations as they are right now so that they can continue to operate how they are currently doing. So the pressure last year on big tech took in a variety of forms from bills of varying severity that targeted the online sale of fake products to a measure that aimed to loosen the control that Apple and Google have on their app stores. Lawmakers are also prepared, also proposed bills that address data privacy or sought to stop platforms from self-preferencing their own products and there were aggressive Federal Trade Commission, FTC actions and Justice Department antitrust suits. So when you're a big company as Amazon, Apple and Microsoft and you have the funds capable, you're going to continue to make sure that the current regulations, the current policies that are in place right now remain in place because that will allow them to operate on that gray line straight towards that gray line that there is so that they could fully maximize their potential and fully maximize the selling of their products. So that is what happens when companies decide to spend on in Washington lobbying. They're swaying the opinion, swaying the perspective of these politicians. You could call it corruptness if you want to, but in their eyes, they're just spending money to keep their revenues and profits as high as possible. 
So Meta platform stock rises after posting upbeat outlook for the coming year. So Facebook is one of those tech companies. Meta is one of those tech companies that decided to lay off some some of their labor force. And they also were increasing at a rapid pace during the pandemic, which Mark Zuckerberg acknowledged and he saw he acknowledged it was a mistake, which is why he had to lay off a portion of Facebook's employees. So with Meta starting to key in on their bottom line, starting to key in on cutting their costs, analysts, stock analysts are forecasting that Meta will be operating better. They'll see better operations. They won't be making the same mistakes that they made in previous years with growing their company at a excessively high rate, spending so so much in departments where they don't really have to spend as much. And analysts like the direction that Meta is going, which is why their share was trading at a higher price this last week. Zuckerberg said the company is focused on becoming more efficient, removing layers of middle management. Meta also will be more proactive about cutting projects that aren't performing or may no longer be as crucial, he said in a call with analysts. So Zuckerberg is just keying in to be making Meta more efficient, making sure that the products that they decide to splurge on, the departments that they decide to splurge on are worth it so that they'll be able to produce better profits, better revenue, and just operate better as a company. So with tough economic times that we are currently in right now, you know, inflation being still relatively high, the Fed raising interest rates, the average U.S. consumer is starting to become more concerned. It's been seen that retail purchases have fallen in the past three to four months, spending on services such as rent, haircuts, and the bulk of bills was flat in December after adjusting for inflation. Sales of existing homes in the U.S. fell last year to their lowest level since 2014 as mortgage rate mortgage rates increased. The auto industry pay, pay, posted its worst sales year in more than a decade. So overall, we're just in tough economic times. The average U.S. consumer is starting to have to decide where they're putting their money towards and that's cutting out some of the services that were going and striving the, during the pandemic. So tough economic times that we're currently in. Hopefully there are better days ahead. But the many economists are worried that we could be in a prolonged slump or even potentially enter a recession. So hopefully we are able to avoid that. Hopefully the Fed is able to steer us from a potential recession. But as of right now, it's not looking too good. To continue with this, helping the U.S. avoid what many economists worried about being a prolonged slump were government stimulus checks, flush saving accounts, and cheap credit, which helped fuel spending during the pandemic. So the pandemic was a very tough time. But however, with the government offering stimulus checks every week, flush saving accounts, people not having to commute to and go from work, um, just spending being down consumers not having to spend in areas where they did pre-pandemic government was able to stimulus checks 
and people were able to save more during that time. However, coming out with higher interest rates rising and the Federal Reserve raising interest, mortgage rates have reached a 20-year high. 57% of consumers have become concerned about making housing pay payments in the fourth quarter. Think about that. More than half the country is concerned about making or reaching their mortgage payment and, and rent payment. That is insane. <laughs> More than half, 57% of people are concerned about making the payments for where they live, where they're going to put their bed at put their head at night. That is absurd. Credit card balances were up 15% in the third quarter, the largest increase in more than two decades. Think about that. Credit card debt up 15% and people have to pay that back. How many people are you thinking are going to pay that back on time? With interest rates increase, increasing, which is only going to further make those payments higher, especially if you're starting to miss payments, which is going to lower your credit score and this is going to be a snowball effect. 15%, that is insane. The saving rate has fallen to roughly 3% of monthly income for more than 30% at the start of the lockdown. Went from 30% saving on average for people to 3%. We're starting to become worried. It's a it's tough times. It's very tough times. Don't let social media fool you. It's tough times for that for the average American. But again, hopefully we are able to bounce back and come back to you know pre pandemic times. But it is tough time going right now. It's, it's tough time. In some labor news, apparently bosses are back in charge. Many executives are saying that they are no longer scrambling to retain workers. After several years of doing whatever it took to keep people on staff, pay increases are slowing. For some jo jobs, hiring is getting easier. Executives are seizing at, on this moment to streamline operations or cut projects, shedding staff that until recently they couldn't afford to lose. So during the pandemic, companies were very worried about keeping their employees, especially with the rise of remote work. Many employees did not want to go back. So companies had to start offering incentives, maybe, oh, hybrid, or maybe you come in twice a week, or maybe you don't have to come in on Mondays and Fridays. So companies start to acquiesce to its employees. No longer the case anymore. More employees are starting to have to come back into their offices. Emplo employer employees are having are are requesting that employees come back into their offices and it's just becoming more and more and more tough. Think about that. When you wake up for a morning, imagine you could do your, your work at home. You could do your work fully remote, but your boss f wants to promote, you know, team building or whatever. And now you have to take a commute, have to spend on gas, have to spend money on lunch. You're going to get hungry unless you pack your own lunch, but vast majority of people are going to spend their money on food, gas, whatever other activity that you spend while you're out during that day. You're going to have to sit in traffic. Think about all these things that affect your, your, your psyche when you're commuting to work, especially having to sit in traffic. But you could do the same job when you're remote. Like why why are we why are we going back? Why are companies, especially companies that could do their job, employees that could do their job remotely, why are we starting to force them back into the office? Like what's the main reason for that if we they don't really have to? But hey, 
people like having power. People love forcing their power, flexing their power on people. And it's just, you know, the reality of the situation. Employers who felt they had less leverage in the tight labor market of the past couple of years say they have more power in negotiations of employees now. So it's just overall a tough time for employees. Bosses are starting to seize back their power. More than half of Americans who make $100,000 say they live paycheck to paycheck. So contrary to belief, although you, although you, as some people work their way up the corporate ladder and, you know, decide and are able to make more and more money, when you start making more and more and more, more and more money, it's more important than ever that you start to really hone in and key in on your finances. Just because you make more money doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be betting living a better life. You have to make sure that your costs are kept in check as well. Just because you make more money doesn't mean you get to splurge as well and you're not going to have the same bills. Many people, as they as they begin to make more money, get a higher salary, they decide to increase their costs, their costs of living. I would not recommend this, though, because as you make money, more money, that's the time where you should really start to begin to think about investing and how you're going to start to make that money work for you. You don't want to consistently be living paycheck to paycheck. Like, who wants to live paycheck to paycheck? Once you start making money, that should be a signal to you that, okay, I have a higher salary coming in. Got it. How can I make this money this money work for myself? So one day I'm having passive income coming in to the point where I, hey, I maybe start my own business or I have investments to the point where I don't necessarily have to keep my job or or work as much. But again, it says that the middle class in San Francisco ranges from $77,000 to $232,000. Meanwhile, the middle class in Fort Lauderdale, Florida ranges from $43,000 to 128,000. So you see the discrepancy in the cost of living in San Francisco, one of the highest places to live versus, you know, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, which is increasingly becoming a, a more expensive places to a more expensive place to live. A majority of respondents cited inflation and economic uncertainty as reasons that they live paycheck to paycheck. There should be no reason for you to be living paycheck to paycheck if you're making that much amount of money. There's just no reason at all. They said they have reported that financial literacy has plummeted since 2009, according to a study from Firna Investor Education Foundation. So as you make more and more money, it's very important that you think you start to do more research start to look online about how you could start to make that money invest and you should really start to educate yourself about the future and how I can make this money work best for myself. So don't make the mistake of just suddenly spending more just because you're making more money. TikTok's chief is set to testify before Congress in March. TikTok is one of the companies, China-based company, that the U.S. and lawmakers and politicians have concern about. They have concern about the data that TikTok is able to take from all of our phones, although it is a very popular app that is just increasing in popularity over time. And policymakers are beginning to question how much data do they really have? Are they spying on us? Are they trying to control our minds with their algorithm and just putting out the feed? It's been reported that in China, the the feed of their kids, what's shown on the kids, the feed of their kids is educational 
material that will stimulate their mind. Meanwhile, in the contrary, in the U.S., a lot of the content that is on our feeds is, you know, not the most educational. It's BS for the most part. And lawmakers are beginning, beginning to question if this is all a setup by China to be able to make American kids stupider, quote unquote, or, you know, sneak in and to try to spy on some of the American ways of life and really try to control some of our thinking habits. So the chief is set to testify before Congress in March. It's been reported that they want TikTok to either sell to a U.S. public company so that we have control over the, over TikTok over TikTok in the U.S. or they're just going to eventually institute policy and just ban TikTok from the U.S. So it's becoming increasingly and increase, increasingly likely that TikTok may be on its way way out in the U.S. In other news, crypto and NFT related, it said that celebrities who endorse Crypto and F NFTs are now in legal crosshairs cross after investor losses. So, obviously, the fall down of FTX, the notable crypto investing chain. After that, many celebrities celebrities took a hit, such as Kim Kardashian, Tom Brady. It's been reported now that the celebrities are facing civil lawsuits from investors who suffered losses in virtual assets, as well as scrutiny by regulators for allegedly duping the investing public. So honestly, when these celebrity celebrities decide to endorse FTX or any of these cryptocurrency companies or exchanges, they probably didn't really care about the exchanges, to be honest. They just they were offered a check and the check looked good to them and they decided to endorse it. Like that's just the reality of the situation. So these celebrities don't know you. If you're making investing advice on based on what a celebrity is endorsing or what a celebrity posts, you're not really on the right track. You should never follow these people don't know you. They don't know you. So at the end of the day, when you're deciding to make any type of investment, don't go off what a celebrity posts or what a celebrity endorses. You have to do your own research and make sure that you are confident that the investment you're making is going to work for you in the long in the long term. Don't make it off a notion or a post that your favorite celebrity made. They don't know you. They don't care. They're just here for, to collect their check and go on with their day <laughs> make by making a, a post or two or whatever whatever they have to do. They said that this was something where, in part because of the promotions, anybody thought it was safe. No, it was not safe. When you start talking about money, there's a lot of guardrails put up, said Tony Maloran, co-chair of sports law practice at law firm Holland and Knight. Convincing your fans to buy a certain brand of bleach is not regulated as harshly as if this person put their entire life savings into a security such as crypto or NFTs because someone that they value and respect said so. Just never decide to go off what your favorite celebrity or someone did. Do your own research is the main notion of this whole story. And in Tom Brady, Tom Brady, one of, wow, the GOAT, the GOAT, undis un undisputed GOAT. So he retired, obviously, ending a 23-year career, seven-time Super Bowl champ, five-time Super Bowl MVP, three-time NFL MVP, and he amassed over $333 million in career on-field earnings. Now, moving on to his second career, it's been reported that Tom could 
potentially join the broadcast booth for Super for the next for this uh, for this year's Super Bowl. He would be joining in the booth Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhardt for his broadcast of the big game on February twelfth. So Tom Brady's next career, I think it's being offered that he was in route to signing a monster three hundred seventy-five million. 10-year deal with Jock the Fox, excuse me, to join at its as its number one NFL analyst. So think about that. He made 333 million in 23 seasons by playing football. Obviously, he took pay cuts. He wanted to win and win and win. He took pay cuts basically in the second half of his career because of how the NFL cap works. Um, and you know, he was married to Giselle, she was making a bunch of money, he had all of his endorsements, so he was well off. He didn't really need the salary. But think about this: $333 million in on-the-field career earnings. Meanwhile, Fox wants to sign him to Fox is going to sign him to a 10-year, 10-year, $375 million contract. Not to play football, but to talk about football in the booth. Think about that. It must be nice. <laughs> it must be nice. I'm telling you, what a what a life Tom Brady is living. But he is the goat. Uh, it's well well deserved. You know, 23 seasons. You know, he put his, you know, all into the game, and he's being rewarded for his efforts. You know, TB12. You know, proper send off. I think he should have retired after he won the Super Bowl in 2020. That was just my opinion, but. Again, when you love the game that much and you're really dedicated and committed, you're going to keep playing. So he made it to, I think, he 45 years old. What more can you ask for? But Tom Brady, the undisputed GOAT. And that wraps up this week's episode of Money Making Markets. As always, I want you guys to comment below and let me know what you guys thought of this week's topics and how I could incorporate maybe topics from different fields and different industries as well. Um, overall, again, the stock market is very bullish this year to start off, reversing the trend from 2022. And we're just going to see if we're able to keep this trend going in 2023. As always, I'm appreciating appreciative of the support. Again, put in the comments what you guys want me to talk about, how I could expand the show. We're going to continue to make this better, make this a community, and just overall share information. But as far for interviews and other content, don't worry. I got that on the way. <laughs> don't worry. I got that on the way. It's coming. It's coming. Believe me, it's coming. But as always, guys, always strive higher, do your own market research, and stay blessed. Peace. <music>